Hi there, folks. Thank you for joining me. Um, please do consider liking, subscribing, and following us on this channel. Today, I'm going to be talking about something I've just done uh, about video and just a general catch up on the branding workshop that I've just done. So, a bit of a catch up session just to say hi about video and branding. Let's get into this. So what's up? Right, I need to um, just like have a little chat. Really, I have come out of a digital, not a digital. I always say the word digital. What I actually mean is branding and powerful branding kind of a workshop. This is not something I've attended. I've actually delivered this, and I have a number of different slides on the subject. In fact, I even had somebody at then talking about digital strategy and wanting info on that, which was really, really good. I think before I get into that, yeah, the first thing I want to talk about is video, actually, more than anything else. So I hope you appreciate the way that I normally deliver this podcast, which is it's a podcast. It's not me ripping off sound. I really want to be good at video. And I think balancing out how sound and video work is interesting. And I think that, God, it's taken me quite some time to get comfortable and invested in doing um, these things. But at the same time, I think that I might find it difficult to do video. Now, I know that I'm probably going to find it difficult, but I also know that our family videos on the Palmer family channel on YouTube is going to improve a little bit more. And I do think that there's room for this kind of development personally versus work. So yeah, I'm a little bit excited about the fact that I've done my workshop and then I sat down and I recorded um I'm recording myself talking. This is a video format of me talking about brand and this extra bit that I've given at the attendees. So when listening back to that, I just ignored the quality, the quality that I created on my MacBook Pro, which should have been uh, 740 or above, like decent um, enough quality, but came out at 420 and I can't explain why. It, something has clearly happened along the way and it looks fine but then the other problem for me is other than the video quality not being great the sound quality had hissing sound and the reason why it has this sound is mainly because it i i worry about the fan um and the heat coming off the processor and warming up the computer. So to avoid and to reduce that temperature, I've got a fan installed, so it makes a fan sound. I don't know if you can hear it, but this is it without it. And I'm gonna put it on and it's on now. And it usually has this hissing sound and you could sense this hissing. I mean, the best thing I can do is um, turn it off like I've done now and describe it as being in a field and enjoying nature and the peace and silence you listen to the silence but there's actually this wind and humming this fuzz or 
listening to the crickets, like there's a definite sound in my video that comes from the computer just being annoying. So I feel like I could have got the GoPro Hero 10, but I got the GoPro Hero 9. And I hope I don't regret it, really, because I don't know if I regret it. I think I wouldn't regret it. I think I would keep it for a year, and then I might consider buying another one, um, which is also really unusual. I've never th said that to myself or anyone, but definitely not in my own head. So to say that aloud is a bit strange because I've gone from SLR camera, webcam, just not ever working out to now getting a GoPro. So I'm excited about this. And I think by the time you leave any comments or you hear this, I would have already had it. So the best thing I can ask you for is to please leave comments, contact me, get me on Twitter at TNTOS. Toast. Um, just tell me what you think I need to be doing with my GoPro or what things you would like to know about anything about GoPro. And I think that's something I want to be open about. And I just think, you know, I need to push on the video front a little bit. So I'm just wondering how I'm going to do that. So good luck to me, I guess. Any move. Let's talk about the digital, sorry, I say digital again, but the branding, powerful branding workshop. The workshop itself was really good. I'm going to leave a link to the actual video. Yes, the video that's reasonably low quality, but still okay. And uh, the content is good. And I do the fancy slides thing. So you can still see me in the corner of the screen whilst I show my slides. And I'm talking through this guideline, this guideline, logo and branding kind of guideline, which outlines everything you might want to know about how to create. Um, in fact, I don't even like those guides when I see them. So what I've done is I've said to them, take it, change it, own it. It's not me that's made that. It's not beautiful and perfect. I put it together, but it's yours. And you do need to change stuff on it because otherwise it would be just rubbish and average. So I'm hoping that whoever receives it does that because it's taken from a number of different sources, kind of pulled together to include the key elements you think you would need for a brand guideline that sits amongst a small team. And I guess smaller, 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 tiny, like basically self-employed people wouldn't need that. They would just need a folder with images and the rationale, which would be like, these are the colors, hex, CMYK, RGB, and like some of that. And other than that, it'd be fine. And I think that's useful to have that as a process. I think that it is kind of nice. And I've recently been through a branding process and just to reflect on that branding process a little bit, because that's what I did in this workshop was I sort of delivered it with my skills and experience that I've gained over the years. But then some of that was me just absolutely loving creating logos. And I sort of ignored at the time the values of these colors 
Um, one of the interesting things was there was this logo that was an existing logo. And then we got this idea of a new logo. And I just looked at it and I went, no, don't like it. And the reason why I didn't was because, because of color theory. So this might be an entirely different. In fact, I'll do an entire podcast uh, on the next one after this on the color theory. Um, so there you have it. And I think that having an understanding of the color theory meant that I liked it more, but it also meant that I could look at how I might develop some of the areas and then go, oh, okay, I'm going to change this in this way. And I, I could add extra colors to the color palette without ruining and taking away from the design. I knew how to then embody and channel that the branding energy um, in the right way. And then one of the other things that I did recently with this branding element was look at the styling of the icon and um, create like a PowerPoint template, which is really interesting. Um, so I think doing these things has meant that the brand that I've helped to create um, has actually developed quite a bit. So there's quite a lot of different stuff, but I think in the workshop, my goal was to provide as much information that is useful and knowledgeable that people would want, but also have real chance to talk. And I did, and it was really nice. And it was interesting to see uh, after having the conversation about this brand guideline and talking about typography and colors, looking at a few of the websites that there were obvious things that stuck out like a million million miles and i was like oh why is that text black like it could be a different color it could be the branded color you know and um maybe don't do yellow and white and there were little things like that i just thought i need to mention so it was interesting that the right people turned up i guess for the uh, for the workshop so overall, I think it was really quite decent. Um, and I'm just trying to think now if there was anything extra that I need to really add to that other than it was a really good workshop. Um, but I think a lot of people in the past have, have had, um, they've not necessarily been able to digest that information about how to create a brand because people don't do that and for whatever reason people don't do that it's not down to me then to deliver it but then there's a mistake in the the end of the workshop which is um reminding people to get on with stuff and have regular meetings every month or three months to review in particular the branding but you could be doing multiple reviews all at once so that would be really really helpful and i think that's where people need to push and and drive forwards um because they're not doing that so there isn't a development as a cycle as such so I think it was interesting, but then that first bit of people already having a logo, so they don't need the, the the branding process. I think that's naive because what's quite interesting is what I, what I felt was if I took any particular individual and then I talked to them 
away from the workshop more and more, I, I get a sense that we would redevelop their brand just slightly and align it with the other key assets that they have uh, and other touch points. And I think that the touch points is, again, another area that's just really opened their eyes in how we understand how our business engages and how brand is used. I think this, the single most important thing about branding is, or brand is twofold actually. One is it's not marketing. Branding is closely related, but brand is the, the stuff. And branding is the verb of how you might apply some of that work to the marketing. And the other is just that why you're doing it needs to be kind of um, embedded into those values and thoughts. I think that beyond that, the the thinking of it, the where you're, what social media platform you use, what kind of print you do, or if you don't, the thoughts, the decision-making relates to the brand. So having, let's just say, just to be cynical, having a company like Tesla who make electric cars and having them print using paper that isn't the FC kind of recyclable paper is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know if they do that or not, but you would imagine, and one would imagine that they embody this um, eco-centric, electricity-driven um, mindset and that they align it in that sense. So the decision-making, the, the conversations, the, the small nuances add up and give away little bits, not just visually, but also in um, some of the work that we do. So sometimes um, I did gave this example on the, on the workshop, but using an example of the Arts Council and emails that you might receive from the Arts Council England uh, in the UK and when you receive them, they are the most dullest, boringest thing ever. And they have all sorts of social media and also their address. And I was saying, this is a bit silly in this day and age for them to have uh, their social media, their website and a hashtag. And yet they've also got an address. But the reason for that and the reason for why it looks so dull and boring is because a, they want that first thing to be that people can post and contact them by post. They have a, a method of communication. They want to be open and inclusive, and they know that some people might want to write um, or send things. So they are allowed to, because in the email signature, it has that information. What you put in is what's available, and what you take out um, is stuff that people don't know. So that means you're controlling what they're able to do or see or feel. And I think a lot of people just remove um, address without thinking about it. But actually, um, address tells a story on its own about the fact that you might be slightly more traditional. So there is uh, an interesting angle to, to look at why it goes in. And B or two, the, the second part of um, the Arts Council England email signature is that when you look at it, it's dull and boring. It's so unstyled. It's literally like you've taken a web page and you've removed all of the style sheets and you're just left with ugly looking text. Yes, that's my point of view. However, 
I can't argue with them because it's absolutely amazing what they've done. What they've done is done that so that they can outright say they are supporting people who, who have dyspraxia, dyslexia and visual impairment, hearing impairment. The way that the computer would be able to pick up on that and read and the shark software or whatever the speaking software is, people that have visual impairments might use those other tools. So it needs to be organized in a certain way and then read out in a certain way. And also people that have visual impairments can see that it's literally just black and white. So it's with it being not that fancy, it means it's just super. So I think it's really helpful that we've, we, we could see these examples where we now understand brand is not always visual. And I really think I got that across. I think I did a good job of it. So um, it's another great workshop. And I think I'm in a great position now to do more podcasts and more and more and, you know, keep you up to date on additional little um, take homes that I thought either went down well or was just really good. So that's kind of me covered for the on this session uh i just want to say thank you for listening and uh, as i said at the beginning please do consider liking subscribing following whatever it is that you need to do here on this channel on this platform wherever you are listening to it and stay up to date because it's really important that you do that like i would love to keep feeding you this um this information and i say that with all seriousness because um I would I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't any help. So I'm looking at growing the podcast channel. Um, so if you can give us a shout even at Tea and Toast, then let us know. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, take care. Until next time. See you soon.